you're listening to, son. I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. That's my purse! That's my purse! I don't know you! That's my purse! That's my purse! I don't know you! Purse! Now! That's my purse. Don't be afraid to shout it. That's my purse! Try it again. Welcome to Texas State Boggle Champions. What's oh, up, yeah. Tony? Oh yeah. That's What's my up, Joe? Purse. I, that's my purse. <laughs> I don't know you. Oh, I love having the ability to drop sounds, dude. That's um, that's some neat gear you have today. Yes. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, what's up with you, Joe? What's new with you? Well, um, you know, a bunch of stuff in life, but we just got this wonderful piece of equipment called the Rodecaster Pro Podcast Studio, all-in-one mixer, everything. It's pretty awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I love it. It's going to make not only recording this show, but also recording Masters and Just Surprise Me way, uh, way cleaner. Nice. I hear you, dude. Did you actually hear me? Does it sound good when you hear me? Oh man, like it's top notch. I mean, compared to what the other podcasts are, not knocking the quality. It to me, it was it was premium then, but now it's just like top shelf, dude. It does sound pretty good. Yeah, because when I put it in earlier to play, like talk through it, I was like, wow, I sound different. I'm like, I don't know if I sound good, but I sound different. So you you just confirmed that it sounds good. I love it. Yeah, and I think our listeners will also enjoy it as well. What's going on with you, Tony? What's new? So what's new with me uh, always is the gear that I talk about with my uh, Facebook group called The Signal Path. So that's a mentorship that I normally run to talk to younger musicians and have older musicians chime in and mentor guys. So I've been having some neat guests on there. Nice. And that's that's been kind of what's my new. I actually got a couple of new pieces of equipment in the works right now. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to share those quite yet. I'll share those on my other channel. So. Yeah, maybe on one of the future episodes we'll tell you what we got coming in. Yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, this King of the Hill podcast, man, like we're getting yeah. a lot of hype for it, and guys are already like, "Hey, when's the next episode?" I'll tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm I'm just telling you right now. I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> I love it, dude. I mean, honestly, that's what kind of got our kickstart on our love for Mike Judge things and things of Mike Judge. So we're going to be talking about that on the podcast today. So how do we go about talking about Hank Hill and his propane and his propane accessories? Well, I mean, there's really only one place to start, and that's at the very beginning. The very beginning. So is there like a Hank Hill Genesis? Well, I guess... That would be Mr. Anderson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is there anything neat? I mean, as far as, like, Mike Judge with the Beavis and Butthead and Beavis and Butthead Does America, the movie. Yeah. yeah I love the, that movie. Yeah, we talked about that on our last episode, our very intro episode. Yep, yeah. I got my script right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Them boys have been whacking off my tool shed. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, they've been whacking everywhere. it wasn't uh tom and his wife tried just trying to go on a vacation while they were on that bus yeah and they went to uh washington dc and um uh that's when they were whacking his his camper (laughs) they were walking in my camper so he got arrested like after the whole hillary clinton thing yeah, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Beavis so Somebody Do America, it's hilarious. We're yeah. going to do, like, I, I, I got to tell you right now, I don't know if I'm surprising you with this, but we're going to do all of the Mike Judge uh, movies and stuff on here also as, like, maybe, like, bonus episodes or something else. Yeah, that we got to, man. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and I know yeah. your favorite's Idiocracy, mine's uh, Office Space, so there's, there's a lot of... I mean, there's also, like, Extract, which is another great one with Jason Bateman. Yes. And That's like the forgotten Mike Judge movie. Yeah, and there's also like mini series. Uh, was it Good Family? Uh, yep. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah, I'll never forget the first episode of Good Family. It starts with the they're out there in their garden, and the 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 dad, which is basically Cotton Hill, he's like yeah. basically like Cotton, and he's driving like this giant Hummer, and they're like all like an eco friendly driving the Prius and like community garden in the front yard. He comes out and he goes. Uh, he has a bag in his hand. He goes, you want some of them collard greens? And then he goes, dad, they're called collard greens. He goes, sure. And they're collard people too. 
<laughs> I'm just like, they got away with this on TV. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was like, you can't play that on TV. But yeah. So that's that's yeah. a good series, and with um, good with an E. Yeah, good with an E, and with Tom being the influence, I would say overall, uh, Mike Judge working on a pitch to Fox. Uh, they put Greg Daniels also in charge of this. Yeah. So we went through that backstory a bit the last episode talking about how they had to produce the entire first season of King of the Hill, but King of the Hill probably wasn't even going to be named King of the Hill. Now there it, were, they had some other names actually, uh, ahead of time. There was Dale Gribble and the other guy, the other guy, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Citizen Hank. Propane Man, the Hank Hill Family Hour, and Hank Hill and his clan. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can see why they didn't pick that last one. Yeah. It could have almost been Propane Man. That sounds like something yeah. that would be an episode title. But King point. of the Hill is just such a great name. Like That's like a perfect name for something. Yeah, honestly, uh, Hill being the play of the last name, and yeah. Hank and, being the head of the household, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it just works. Yeah, so since he's the star role, that that just totally works. So that's probably why they made it a family unit, I would say. Yeah. Um, as I was going through getting our prep done for our ability to research on this, I went through and was starting to do episode title names. And, of course, this episode that we're doing today is just called Pilot. Pilot. <laughs> but it was also known as Bobby the Baseball Phenom. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Like that's... on Inside Circles. Oh, wow. Yeah, because if you look it up on Hulu, like that's what, how I've been watching it commercials and all because i gotta have that retro vibe of you know commercial break i guess (laughs) although they're not as good commercials nowadays yeah well i actually watch it while i'm on the treadmill at the gym so it's actually like this yeah you know so it's kind of bouncing around (laughs) while i'm watching it It it's kind of funny but it's fun though i mean they're fun episodes and i know exactly how long my cardio is so yeah exactly (laughs) uh so yeah i did the same thing like when I, i i don't really do treadmill i just go walk trails and I'll uh, I'll put music on or podcast or something to listen to while I'm walking the trail or yeah. jogging. Just I don't know. Just I like the outdoors. Yeah. Oh man, the outdoors. You know what? There is a full episode, and we'll probably talk about this in a couple episodes from now, where they actually venture outside and go. We matanye. Yeah, we matanye. Uh, so um, it kind of starts outdoors with the pilot. So yeah. let's let's go ahead and jump into this, man. I'm excited. That's my- <laughs> all right arlen the town of arlen yeah it's a small town in texas small town in texas i'm assuming it's somewhere near dallas um, i know it's fictional and doesn't really exist but because he's a fan of the cowboys and stuff i would just assume it's somewhere near dallas it has to be and to me arlington where dallas cowboy stadium uh, yeah you know actually where jerry jones built that massive you know yeah. building, which i've actually been inside that thing is massive there's been some money slung in that building. Oh, yeah. But it's in Arlington. Yeah, so, I thought about that. Like, that might be where they got it from. It's just, it's it's, it's interesting, but it doesn't seem like as big of a city. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Arlington's also got the baseball field, too, for the... Um, yeah. Isn't that where the stockyards are also in Dallas? Like the yeah. Dallas stockyards are in Arlington? Yeah. And if you see a lot of Guy Fieri, it's been around that area, too, yeah. because... <laughs> I mean, dude's got flames on him. So if he has, like, <laughs> fire tattooed on his arms, is that yeah. considered he's carrying firearms all the time? Or? Ah! <laughs> I see what you did there. That was good. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's got, a good one. If it's got flames, it's coming out of Trailer Park. It's, actually, in this episode, they'll actually call Arlen Redneck City. Yeah. <laughs> so, was that this episode, though? Or was that the one with uh, I think so, comes? with the little dude, Anthony, you know, picks oh, up his clipboard. Oh, that's right. He, he goes, does <laughs> it at the end. <laughs> He grabs his clipboard. He can't even walk around. Yeah. Shut up, Twig Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Arlen's the first thing you see, and what we're looking at is kind of an aerial view. And that aerial view has, you know, a little flying insect. And we don't really figure out what that guy is. but yeah, you ever, it's, if, it's the Florida Devil. Yeah. I think they're called Texas Skeeters. Yeah. We got them here and I hate them. Uh, yeah. I absolutely hate mosquitoes with the, like every fiber <laughs> of my being. They're like the worst thing that exists. Yeah. So you get the, yeah, you know, 
Uh, you look at your arm, and your arm's just like covered in like five or six, and you're like smack, and then you just like blood draining down your arm. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, I don't think you're worried about West Nile, are you? <laughs> no. Although we do got a city down in the central part of Florida, just on the south tip of Lake Okeechobee, called Belle Glade. And for a while, that was the AIDS capital of the USA. Ooh. And, um, like per capita, of course, not yeah. like, you know, not like everybody. Yeah. And I was like, I really don't even want to get by a bit by mosquito here. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if they could transfer it, but I don't want to risk that. Yeah. I would, I would carry a huge can of off kind of like Hank Hill did with the yeah. WD 40 and then a that, little can for a backup can, you know? Yeah. So we get the hundred percent deep. Yeah. Deep man. Yeah. I don't play around. I get that real stuff, that real good, good. That good, good deep, huh? Yep. <laughs> All right. So, actually, what we're talking about is that mosquito actually lands in a very particular Arlen uh, suburb in an alley. Yep. And it looks more like suburbia. And we're trying to figure out what's going on here. And you see it land on the back of Hank's neck. And naturally, what do you do? Schmack. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Hank's really taking the uh, business to the mosquito, but really, what, what's the what's the first dialogue that we're talking about here? Well, I mean, it, of course we get, yep, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that is the epic, iconic Alley Boys that we're gonna yeah. grow and love in this series. So the four guys standing around, what's known as a pickup truck, with the hood up. It looks like a Ford Ranger, which seems like a small truck for Hank. Yeah, I, surprisingly, I had a Ranger, and it was <laughs> it was the Danger Ranger. It wasn't red though; <laughs> it was actually gray. But there's a lot of headroom in there, so I'm assuming Hank, being a quarterback, being yeah. probably six foot five or something like that. I just feel bad for Bobby because you know he had to send that little half seat in the back, like oh, the and seat he needs sideways. Sit sideways, yeah, <laughs> yeah <he's a> sideways. <laughs> and Bobby's yeah. a portly little boy. Yeah. Um. But we do get the, uh, I'll tell you what my truck needs, leadership. Leadership, yeah. I think even before that, Bill was talking about, you know you know what it probably is? It's probably that starter motor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He does the starter motor first. Yeah. And Dale just straight up comes with it. My said, favorite line in all of King of the Hill, which I didn't even realize was in this episode, is, you know what the problem is? It's a Ford. <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. Yeah, I know. Dude, I've heard that my whole life, <laughs> being a Tony. I say that so much. Yeah. Dang it, Dale, that's f- uh, Fiat. <laughs> Fiat, yeah. <laughs> Fix it again. Like, he's trying to figure it <laughs> out. Figure Dude, out. <laughs> it's an acronym. Like, how could you not know that? And uh, Oh, I love, that was like one of my favorite lines. Like, if I ever see anybody with a Ford, I'm always like, you know what your problem is? It's a Ford. <laughs> Fix it again, Tony. <laughs> and they always look like me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, you haven't watched King of the Hill. Exactly. But uh, Fiat's weren't exactly a well-known brand. Like, um, there's the Fiat Chrysler uh, joint venture now. We're, yeah, FCA. Yeah. Which and now it, is actually called Stellantis because they sold it again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. before then, the Fiat was few and far between in the 90s, so not many people knew what a Fiat was. It was more of an exotic luxury yeah, to a, have the one. the little spiders, basically. Like yeah. little two-seater cars or what everyone knew the mass. Yeah, and the uh, Fiat broke down a lot, so of course it lived yeah. up to its name. Fix it again, Tony. Well, that's just an Italian car thing in general, like Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Maseratis. None of them are reliable. Oh, yeah. They're just fun. Dude, the first time I ever heard of Maserati was on a Ted Nugent song. <laughs> or Alfa Romeo. <laughs> yeah, or Alfa Romeo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lancia. Yeah, Lancia. But, I watch uh, a lot of Top Gear and Grand Tour. Oh, I did too. Power. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually did- named one of my sons after that show. Oh, really? Like the Stig? Yeah. No, no. In the Botswana episode, uh, where they go across the salt flats, Richard Hammond gets this cute little Opel Cadet car, and he is, I shall name him Oliver. And then in the end, he's oh, driving Richard Hammond, yes. Oliver! Oliver, yes. So that's my, uh, my my fourth child's name, is Oliver, based from that show. Oh, that that's hilarious. And oh, yeah. with, uh, with Hank being the, you know, main character, brings us back home after correcting dale he said you know what it is needs leadership yeah (laughs) detroit hasn't felt any real pride since george bush went to japan and vomited on their auto executives (laughs) Uh, which is funny because 
George Bush did actually go to Japan and vomit on somebody, but it wasn't an auto executive. It was actually their prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> Ki- uh, Kichi Miyazawa. Oh, Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the matter of the fact was that later, uh, I, I think what, you know, Dale's trying to bring that whole conspiracy thing back to it and was telling him, you know, it has to be that uh, eco-fog system. And yeah, like he didn't even need them, but I think he they're they're going back and revisiting it again. But um, what we're what we're finding out was that these guys are really just trying to you know as a as an overall analysis, just trying to you know figure out what's going on here. And you know Hank, he's really got to get his uh, ducks in a row. So the boys finish their cans, get a reload, and that's. The most thematic thing that happens in the alley for these four guys is that they always got the cooler. Yep. And, you know, they got the yep. cold ones Cold ones coming. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> cuts to the intro. And the intro is by The Refreshments, which I actually did a little take on this. I didn't know if you saw my little take. I did. It was, it was good. Like, I've always played it, but I never played it that clean. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I did about four takes before I just said, screw it, if I mess up this time, I'm not doing it, so I really committed to, you know, making sure I had the little chug, dun 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 you know, and make sure I had those little triplet chugs in there, but dude, I tried to play that as clean as I could on a telly, with the fuzz, with the octave up pedal, actually. Yeah. So I didn't want to copy, like, the exact, like, clean, like, fender-ish, you know, tube screamery tone that the refreshments did. I wanted to make it kind of like a little bit of my own and had more of a Bobby Hill screech to it. That's my purse. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> so actually recorded that intro just so we can have a hot take or, you know, something not, not to make an ad, but you know, to show everybody like, Hey, we're serious. We're going to talk about Hank Hill here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So, uh, everybody commented, Hey, I know that that's, that's King of the Hill. I was like, apparently didn't read the captions. So I was like, Hey, go check out our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah oh uh, yeah so um we're gonna have fun with this we're doing every episode of the show too like yeah but this intro song it's it's iconic dude it i is. mean like golden girls iconic um you know you name it the the x-men theme song any uh-huh. cool uh-huh. any cool theme song has guitar period does Golden Girls theme song have the guitar though? It's like thank you for being a friend. That is keyboard boom, riffs. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and uh, yeah. bassline basslines have the hook too. But uh, yeah, good guitar riffs. Uh, and Mike Judge has this knack of just grabbing some great music. Think of the intro for Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it's so good. It's so yeah. Clean. And it's so clean, and it's just a simple rift, and it's uh, a little bit chromatic. It's not exactly, you know, just something yeah. dumped in a pentatonic um, scale. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but the theme for Silicon Valley is also really good. Yes. And uh, you got to have the good riff, and that's that's what I was trying to capture in that little promo for our yeah. podcast, was that original theme song without really getting a copyright ding. <laughs> yeah. It's always <laughs> the fun part. Yeah. And I think I chose more of a gent style for yeah. our intro. Yeah, and um, I don't want to misquote the guys or anything like that, but we uh, really had the chugs and the drums, in you know, in that with along with the Bobby Hill screeches. So I did have some fun with that. So the theme song is Primo, and I think we all agree that's one of the most iconic ones that oh, everybody yeah. can pick out. Along and with the, it's yeah. got the most important part of all. <laughs> nice uh, so coming out of the music sequence i would say you, you cut to you know the last two and it's written by guess what mike Juggs, greg daniels so you, you get that iconic trash bag in the trash can and you know this show's about to start so starts with our opening scene where bobby is jamming along with a walkman or what looked like a walkman yep, yep. And and Hank's saying, "What you listening to, son? What what's going on with you on that, Joe? I, I don't know. I don't think you're gonna like it, <laughs> dude." So like he puts on the headphones, and first thing he hears a toilet flush and yeah. you know a bunch of snickers. <laughs> so it's just but a bunch of toilet sounds. Yeah. And honestly, um, 
I don't know if you remember things like demo tapes with cassette yeah. tapes back in the 90s, but we used to find comedy and dark comedy. Like your friends would have like a copy of a tape and they would copy it and give you a copy yep. and then you would copy it and you would give it to a friend. Oh, yeah. And that's how they got passed around. So like you would have like humor uh, done that way. And I think he was just trying to capture like what are the kids into, you know, these yeah. days. It's the funny phone jerks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically like their version of the jerky boys in this universe. Yeah. Which or- is funny because they name drop like literally everything, but they don't name drop the jerky boys. Yeah. <laughs> this is before Crank Yankers, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Uh, with old Adam Carolla. I love Adam Carolla. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I kind of... I like um, I like shock comedy. I like, you know... Yeah. A good... A good um, a fake phone call, you know, is your refrigerator running? You know, what? Um, what was your? Do you remember any Jerky Boys things at all? Not off the top of my head. Like, the only I, one I remember for some reason I never can forget it is, you kick my dog. I don't know why she come down to my house and she kicked my dog. <laughs> I think I was more into Mad TV and Living Color and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, all those too. I mean, I just I was a media junkie. Like if it was existed, I, I watched it or listened to it. Yeah, if it was good, of course. I was stuck on MTV, VH1, and yeah. watching the sketch comedy on Fox, which was, you know, Living Color and um, all that stuff. So and that's... They, is that, was Martin on Fox also? I think so. And then there was the WB that had, like, the Wayne's Brothers show and... Uh, the What was the other show that was on that show channel? Was it real big? Was it, like, Sister Sister or something like that? Or I don't know. Uh, there was one with Queen Latifah that I was trying to remember. Yeah, I used and, to. Love, that was like all my sh- my shows back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and that, uh, whew. honestly, we didn't have DVR back then, so literally you'd have to watch this live. Yep, you had to catch things. Yeah, but I think I, the first time I saw the pilot was, you know, like in rerun series, like when Fox would like be done done with the series, and then in oh the summer, no, I you watched got all the every reruns. episode of this live. <laughs> <laughs> I watched every episode of Simpsons live. I watched every episode of up to the cancellation of, Fa- of Family Guy and Futurama live. Like, yeah. these were my sh- I didn't miss Sunday nights. Like, I don't care what else I was doing. Sunday nights were the Fox animation nights. Yeah. Well, I got grounded because of homework and other reasons. <laughs> so that's the reason why I had to catch up on the reruns. Yeah. But I think we covered that in our first intro episode. So with Bobby uh, basically crank yanking his dad on the headphones, <laughs> Hank immediately. Hank immediately. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And Hank immediately gets up, throws the headset down, walks straight to the bathroom, and guess who's behind the door? Luann. Yeah. Oh, Luann put some clothes on. <laughs> Dude's getting a peep show. So, honestly, this is kind of going to that Protestant, you know, uh, modest, you know, uh, upstanding yeah. Christian Texan that, you know, they can't, they can't deal with nudity, they can't deal with... Um, touchy subjects when it comes to uh people's precious jewels yeah. which honestly they keep busting his balls literally because of his narrow urethra later <laughs> I've, I've got a teenage boy in this house yeah <laughs> yeah so honestly having the teenage boy in this house he can't you know he's staying it for the right thing in my yeah, opinion 100 percent. yeah also it's like his cousin so that's really even grosser well his niece or yeah but bobby's yeah. cousin Oh, Bobby's cousin. Yeah, that would be grosser. But uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, this is Texas, not Alabama. Yeah, definitely. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with with that, he's. I guess he's just kind of laying the ground rules because he doesn't know how long she's gonna be there, and we're kind of seeing a glimpse of the Luann story. Not not a whole lot, but it really is like a B story. Uh, on top of the you know Bobby playing baseball story, which is kind of the main part of the pilot. Yeah, yeah. So what we're cutting to is a chase scene where Bobby's riding in the car with his parents in the little a, half seat. In the well, back. Yeah, yeah. And so what we got going on here is um, Hank's Hank's referring to having some intestinal fortitude for Bobby yeah. that that the other team is going to be highly competitive. And he's going to have to put in his 110%. But, but, Dad, what if the other team also puts in 110%? Yeah. Should I do 112%? <laughs> yeah, you can do 113 and then, uh <clears throat> This is where Peggy starts to shine her substitute teacher skills. Yeah. 
Well, 13 is an unlucky number. So yeah. they literally are arguing the difference of 1%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Like, it's just such a great conversation. Yeah, it, it, it seems somewhat natural in, in a way because, uh, you know, being a close-knit family and it, the, their family dynamic of only literally being three immediate family members. Yeah. And then uh, Louie being a secondary uh, family member, being you know, being the niece. Yep. Um, they really just kind of nitpick everything. And, you know, if you're in close quarters with the same people day in and day out, you're going to get these little... Uh, I would say Nick fits of things that happen between them. So they're really arguing one hundred 113%. He said, I don't care if it's 112, you know, that he needed to do his best. So I think he was just overall trying to imply that Bobby needed to do this, do his best. So the next scene after the car ride, we're talking about the whole baseball deal. And what you see is kind of like some of the pitches being thrown. And here goes Boomhauer. And he's like, take it out, better get the ball one, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't write down. I forgot to write down what he said too. Yeah, I write it down. Try to figure it out, dude. Yeah. His gibberish every single time. Gonna get on ball one. <laughs> that is the comic relief out of all yeah. of all of King of the Hill. Is every time Boomhauer happens to speak up. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do it often. No, he doesn't do it often. But when and, he does, yeah. Oh, and we skipped the whole part in the alley where Boomhauer actually speaked up and talked about Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. Yeah. last night. Yeah. Talk about Kramer, old man. Just come on, sliding right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to our boys at Second Button, uh, Brian yep. Gower and uh, Andrew Walsh, who do a Seinfeld podcast. Yeah, you so, should give that a listen. They they do a really good job of that one. It actually made me rewatch Seinfeld. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's what they were talking about was how uh, George is always setting up the play, and then Kramer just keeps on sliding right on. It's almost <laughs> every single Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Boomhauer is calling ball one in the ball field, and Bobby has to get up to the plate. Bobby's getting up to the plate, and basically uh, doesn't swing. And I, I don't know if that's literally the jitters, or if that's literally just the the whole purpose of the thing where he's saying that i could get a walk yeah dang it bobby that's lawyer ball <laughs> yeah he said dang it bobby you know like it's the it's the swing thing so basically um the only way that you can make the swing happen is you got to do it and he gives them kind of a life lesson on it so basically <clears throat> boy gets on base hanks hanks are excited about that but yeah. uh there's a diversion here <laughs> And the diversion is uh, a comical Hank Hill. He's not trying to be comical, but it's the comical piece of it. As he's waving his arms, flaying around, saying, look at the ball. Bobby's <laughs> on first base trying to figure out what's going on in the game. Yeah. He said, what are you saying, Dad? I can't hear you. I can't <laughs> hear you. Look at the ball. <laughs> look at the ball. Don't look at me. Look at the ball. And what? Whack. The ball comes straight, line drives right to the face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Black eye city. <laughs> Black eyes. So, end of the game. Bobby's in the car. Hank's in the car. Uh, Peggy's in the car. Guess where they got to go? They got to go to the Megalomart. Got to yep. get some of that WD-40. And a tap and die. And a tap and die. Because he's working on his Ford Ranger. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Hank's Hank's a little stride in the store. This dude hates Megalomart. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's because him being in propane and propane sales, and it being a small family-owned business, Megalomart, like basically Walmart. It's basically Walmart, and it's it, it's so many aisles. You get blinded by yeah. the, the the stock in there, and you just try like, ask the young guy that works there, like, "Where's your hardware <laughs> section? What do you need?" <laughs> yeah. So it basically it kind of highlights certain protocol for retail employees to to pretty much survey your questions so they can yeah. try to sell you something kind of thing. And he was like, well, what are you needing it for? And he was like, where would I, where would I find the hardware section? Where would I find the hardware section? Like he's double questioning yeah. him by asking him the question, which is the dumbest thing. And it, it reminds me of like the episode of parks and recreation where Ron Swanson walks into the home improvement store and the guy's like, can I help you? Like, I know more, like, than I you. Know more than you. <laughs> he's going. Yeah. I want you to give me all the bacon you have. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, 
That, that's a good setup as well that, you know, Hank's already getting flustered here. Yeah. And he was like, if I needed a hammer, where would I find the hammer? And <laughs> it's just straight up losing his cool to uh, what we know later is Buckley. Yep. Which, and, and then he asks, like, for the tap and die, he goes, what's a tap and die? Yeah. <laughs> tap and die. And he's, like, yelling up and down, you're fired and all this stuff, yeah. you know. And then so, two, like, women overhear him. Yeah, so you got, like, these two Beckys, or Becky and Karen, or whatever they call yeah. these days, are just like, oh, yeah, you seen that Hank Hill? And, you know, just started gossiping. So guess yeah. what gossip does in a small town like Arlen? Travels get bad, travels fast like bad gas. Yes, it, oh, yeah, they're even at the gas pump, and there's like, hey, did you hear about Hank? And they're, they're saying, well, I think he got hit in, the, hit in the face with a baseball bat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're just pretty much gossiping. So all these small town Beckys are just kind of sharing their little story. That news travels so fast that honestly, the state of Texas has to get involved. And there's a phone call that comes in to what we know as this yellow shirt, Milton-looking character, but a lot smaller in yeah. a cubicle. And this little dude's name, nicknamed Twig Boy, which I think his real name's Anthony, if I believe. Anthony right. Page. Yeah. So he's taking this uh, phone call, and what's going on here, Joe, with this phone call? Well, there's basically some lady talking to him on the phone. He's like, he hit his son with a baseball, and or no, he hit his son with a bat, and, and like he's got the little arm protectors on, like so he doesn't yeah. get carpal tunnel, and he's like typing really, really fast. Uh, and, and um, he he's like so ecstatic to go out and like bust some some redneck and take his son away from him. Yeah, so he's just like. You know, he's trying to hurry up and take this call like he's in customer yeah. service. He's like, I'm on my way, you yeah. know, with authority. Got his little <laughs> shoulders going. Picks up his clipboard. He goes, eh. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. I laughed so hard at that part because I I work not in a cubicle area, but I'm a, I'm a white collar employee, uh, believe it or not. And I have to deal a lot with uh, people that work in customer service. And they all have kind of like this vernacular, like, you know, like, I'm I'm taking charge. I'm on the phone. We're going to make this happen. Here's an email. You know, <laughs> kind of take charge right. kind of thing. This dude picks up a clipboard. He's like, uh, like, he can't even pick up the clipboard. It was like, you know, I was like, yeah, I was just laughing at that because I was finding some um, relatable humor, which. He, um, he kind of reminds me of the dad from The Good Family. Yeah, and the fact was that Mike Judge always tried to typecast people that were ordinary people, and this is definitely a role that was one of those, even though this is like a side character for this episode, which uh, I think um, this guy actually makes a few reappearances. Yeah, Um, I got it in my notes here. Uh, He does show up later as... um, an Americans with Disabilities Act advisor in the uh, episode Junkie Business. Also, he is seen buying organic vegetarian snacks for a Super Bowl party in one episode. And uh, later, he's actually attending Luann's wedding in Lucky's wedding suit. Oh, wow. So that is kind of like the good family, dude, when he's getting his uh, vegetarian groceries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think that episode came on Adult Swim the other night, to be honest with you. And, the good and- family? No, no, Hank with oh. the uh, vegetarian store and yeah, invested yeah. in it, yeah. But uh, after the dude picks up his clipboard, he's on the way, right? Hank and the boys are back in Hank's yard. Hank's sitting on his favorite lawn tractor. We're going to say lawn tractor, maybe not mower. Yeah. Is lawn they call, tractor. They, they call them lawn mowers, but they're like, they're the little ones you sit on. Yeah. Not a zero turn, but the, like. Well, when I think of lawnmower, I think of lawnmower man, like the movie for some yeah. odd reason, because that 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 movie warped my brain when I was a kid. That's a weird movie. That is a freaky weird movie. Yeah. I mean, even for the eighties, even the fly did that. So, anyways, tangent. The boys are on the the red tractor. Dale's giving them the uh, spiel about his little Ford having fog control, saying it's a government plot. You don't even need them. Because the dude listens to NPR, obviously. I mean, oh, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. Like, like conspiracy, like tinfoil hat radio all day long. Yeah, but he's not one of those. You know, they say it and he just repeats it. He's not a sheeple, as they call him. He's a yeah. well. He's a well-informed government yep. spy, double spy kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. He he definitely. He's making his own theories too. Yeah, so he's talking about how they're talking about global warming and how it's global. <laughs> and if it, 
you know, they can control the temperature. Hank just straight rips of it. goes, if it gets one degree hotter, <laughs> I'm going to kick your butt, basically. So it's just hilarious, you know, how he corrects them. And then next thing you know, while they're talking and, doom, and yeah, doom, Dale's doom, going on, doom, bloop, bloop. So guess what? Dale's trying to come up with another thing, you know, because he's got to sound cool in front of the boys. He, yeah. It's one of those uh, invisible government helicopters, stealth helicopters. <laughs> they, they haven't got the tuning on it right or something like that. Oh. How do you get a helicopter with noise cancellation? Like I don't That's pretty <laughs> funny, though. Like the, the, just the things they come up with for him to say. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I don't know if that's part of Johnny Hardwick, but I think he was talking about how he was somewhat a conspiracy theorist or something already at that time. And the only thing they had back then was like your Ross, your, your uh, Rush Limbaugh and your NPR, and, yeah, and you know your gun, oh, gun and ammo Rush, magazines. I couldn't stand Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's I only a good impersonation of him though. Oh, you see right here, he's gonna talk like this. Uh, uh, Royal, get over here. I got, I gotta get my microphone. I gotta wipe my ass with it. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Rush. So he's uh, he's an extreme white wing, right wing. How do you say that? Anyways, uh, same difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Like Alex Jones, almost. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but you know, Dell's going on about the whole cancellation thing, and Hank's like, you know, that that's not what it is. And basically, uh, you see little you see little Twig Boy come and ring up the doorbell. Yeah, I always it's so weird. I watched the show for so long before I realized that the alley was their backyard. Yeah. I don't know why it just never clicked in my head that the alley was the backyard and like that that. Bill and them live behind Hank, not like next door to him or in front of him. Yeah, and that that is typical for Texas uh, blocks. Yeah. yeah, and it's a flat land, so imagine. <laughs> yeah, we you didn't know, have we didn't have like that kind of alleys in the part of Miami I grew up in. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could hit a baseball in your neighbor's yard, and it was just commonplace. Yeah, but you know the the throwing kept happening and happening, and and Peggy's trying to watch the TV for something, and it looks like something off a of TBN. Yep, and uh, he's like that poor man. And then next thing you know, she gets hit. He had like um, a bad nose job or something, botched nose jobs or something. Yeah, his doctor gave him a necessary nose job. So this is like a what is it? Uh, Sally Jesse Raphael kind of stuff. Yeah, and then next thing you know, she turns her face. Yeah, that poor man gets whacked in the face with the baseball. Yep. Yeah. So you know, guess who has also black eyes along with. Bobby Hill here while Twig Boy is ringing the doorbell. Yeah. So Twiggy rings the doorbell, Anthony, and guess who's there to answer it? Good old Peggy Hill. Peggy with her black eye. (laughs) So she's being polite as possible, and he's just giving the whole spiel. He's got his little checklist there, you know. God, you gotta gotta love checklists. You gotta, you know, tick all the little boxes. So, yeah. Would you you say um, your husband has a bad temper? Bobby goes back to throwing the baseball, and next thing you know, you see the wallpaper starting to come missing from the yeah. wall because he's just, dude, uh, a baseball seriously against sheetrock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, at this exact moment, while Peggy's trying to tell how like like nonviolent and calm Hank is, he runs in the back door. Stop bouncing that ball. <laughs> well, if you've seen what happened to him before he got in there, oh, Dale, yeah. Dale was supposed to be holding a flashlight. That's and right. Dale, Dale still, you know, his last name's Dribble, so he's dribbling his whole but that was Gribble with a G. Was it really? Anyways, yeah, Dale, Dribble. G-R. Dale, gr- gribble. Gribble, yeah. Why do I always say Dribble? I don't know. I was I was like, I, now, I'm gonna, now i got to look this up. Yeah, it's Gribble. Yeah, it is Gribble. But I say <laughs> Dribble because of the G sounding like a J. You I was know. like, did I, did I see it this wrong my whole life? Like, I've got it wrong my whole weird, life, too. Am I living in a weird alternate universe that I didn't realize? Well, the other alternate universe would be him and Beavis and Butthead being Tom. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, True. imagine a Mike Judge multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's trying to work on his alternator. Dale's supposed to be holding the flashlight or whatever. Dale, Dale's dropping the ball, like always, you know, because he's got his own agenda. And the hood and everything shuts on Hank hilariously. You know? Yeah. He's like, oh, my God. You know, like, oh, yeah. getting his butt handed to him by his Ford Ranger. And he comes in, and he's like, stop throwing that ball. And, like, wails it past Anthony's face. And it breaks the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's, like, scribbling away. 
And, and Peggy's like, we have a visitor, Hank. <laughs> yeah, so polite, Peggy. You know, this is polite, Peggy Hill. You can't say the word happiness all the way through. So uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's still answering the questions. And next thing you know, Hank's getting the questions. Yeah. Mr. Hill, I feel that you're coming from an anger mindset. And if you're projecting your anger onto me, it gives me crave sort concerns as how to facilitate your son's growth in private. <laughs> oh, my God. Like. Who had ever heard of this type of counseling in the 90s? I know, right? Yeah. And, and then, might... <laughs> Hank, I have not begun to project my anger onto you. Yeah. So basically, uh, Hank Hill's taking this whole stance. And this is before Red Foreman. This dude's yeah. about to lose a boot up this kid's yep. rear. Yeah. So uh, Hank's giving him the business, you know, just telling him basically to get out. <laughs> oh, and he drops the best line ever. Mr. Hill, loud is not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, he, you know, he tells tells him a thing or two. Tells him to get out, basically. He, he says, I got it written out here. Yeah. What the loud is not allowed? Now, you listen to me, mister. I work for a living, and I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. Oh, and when I think my hard-earned tax dollars going to pay a bunch of little twig boy bureaucrats like you, it just makes me want to... <laughs> <laughs> so, dude needs a BC powder. God, do you remember BC... Do they have BC powder? Yeah, they still have BC powder. Yeah, so that was that, was that whole Richard Petty uh, ads... When yeah, like, it comes like it looks like a like a, a thing of dip. You open it up and just actually it looked like Coke. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the packaging looked like like it was like the old school like baseball dip. Yeah, it did look like dip in a pack. And, yeah, uh, but it did look like cocaine when you opened it up. Yeah, so uh, he needed that. Oh, and... cocaine and cocaine accessories. <laughs> BC powder. In, in an alternate universe, it's King of the Hill in Miami, and he's like Scarface. <laughs> hey, I sell cocaine and cocaine accessories. <laughs> I'm gonna have Eric design that art. It's gonna be like, oh my god, that would be hilarious. Colombian Hank Hill. And it's gonna yeah. say, okay, okay, says, <laughs> with the pimp daddy hat and his Cadillac. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, gotta remember to tell Eric to do that. Oh yes, write that down. So we have, uh, you know, Hank's lost his cool. His blood pressure went up. Uh, you know, makes the kid exit the premises. The kids running out frantically. What do we see is Dell with his butt and everything hanging out of the air yeah. and the Ford Ranger dude cuts, cuts the brake line. The brake line. <laughs> <laughs> the thing's rolling down the driveway. Yeah, hits right in the garage and everything. Everybody yeah. dips, you know, that whole uh, panic or like, uh, I wasn't here. <laughs> he does that spider monkey crawl that Dell yeah. always does <laughs> that becomes so iconic. You know, so good. yeah. Eventually, does the pocket sand and like climbs over the yeah. fence, <laughs> privacy fence. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dale's such a good character. Yeah, Twig Boy exits. So, <clears throat> yep. That's not the last we'll be seeing of him. No, um, Bobby and uh, Joseph are outside, um, and Bobby's telling Joseph how this weird guy came over, was asking a bunch of questions, and they start impersonating Hank. Yeah, yeah. Bobby does this. You know, he's my boy, and he's all I got. <laughs> it's like it's all, his face is like bright red. Yeah. And Joseph's like, you do a good impression, let me try. I'm going to tear you a new one when I get my hands on you, you little pea brain. I'll bust your butt into little pieces. <laughs> and then Rodas is doing it on the other side of the fence is the twig boy. Well, it happens to eavesdrop into that. I well, knew it. I knew it. So guess what he frantically does? He has to bug all the neighbors. What yep. is, you know, he's a busybody that has to get the answers. So, who's he asked first? The number one conspiracy theorist. So he's asking Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Dale's uh, first greeted there that he needed to, he needed a brew. Yells for Nancy. What's yep. Nancy doing? She's getting ready to go get her uh, migraine treatment with John Redcorn. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy and non-conspiracy. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a conspiracy because Joseph does not look like Dale. No, but I think there's a conspiracy where Dale knows. Yeah. And there's a fan theory that goes behind that. Oh, I got you. Yeah. How Dale knew the whole time, but I guess play stupid or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know to finally ultimately win Nancy's favor in the end or whatever, but there's a whole fan theory. Y'all could look that up. But, um, 
you know, she just happens to have a headache and says, sorry, Suge, her, you know, her yeah. favorite catchphrase, okay. and hops hops into a Jeep with, with who? John, with John Redcorn. John Redcorn. And guess what's playing on the radio? Hot-blooded oh. by... Yeah. Uh, Hot-blooded <laughs> jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, of course, that, that seems... Mr. Mr. Gribble, do you think Hank would ever hit his boy? No, because honestly, I think uh, that's the only boy he's got, you know, because of his narrow urethra. Yeah. yeah. Like, nope, that's <laughs> Hank's pride and joy. That's on, his pride and joy. You know, on account of his narrow urethra and all. Yeah. So they're always busting Hank's balls literally about that. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> Frantic, you know, after that's done, he frantically runs, gets the old uh, Boomhauer's uh, front door. And, uh, God, did you see that video I sent with the dude that plays drums to yes. all of Boomhauer's voice? This is one of the clips that comes up. And yep. I don't know if you have that clip up, but I'm going to see if I can play it here without it, without it, uh, blaring. We'll see if I can get this to queue up here. Where is he at? Nope, that's that's almost to that scrub part. Is that coming through? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I heard angled. <laughs> yeah, so like he's he's basically giving a, uh, the business that uh, the guy asked him about Hank or whatever, but. Boomhauer's just already assuming something that because he's a government employee or whatever about some dog that's barking the whole time, and he was like, "Man, I don't see no daggum computer man is going to be able to shut that daggum dog up." Yeah, <laughs> it just goes on to that whole rambling and everything, and that dude uh, literally is like, "I have no idea. I think I'm about to get my butt kicked." And you see Twig Boy just turn off and run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes for the bushes, man. Just straight up leaves. Yep. <laughs> So I remember seeing that for the first time, and I just like died laughing because like boom, how it's really again. funny. It's really funny. So every time he happens to speak up, that's that's usually the spills. Boom, has got some outrageous thing to say. And then what what do you see next? You see Bobby and uh, Joseph still still making fun of Hank and all this stuff. And uh, what's going on in the background of that is you hear Hank yell, Bleh! "This dude's coming out with a pair of tweezers yeah. or tongs." And it's got some undergarments. Whose undergarments has he got? He's got Luann's. Oh. <laughs> Her uh, mentionables, uh, mentionables were in with my, uh, um, his boxers or his drawer. He said something. It's funny the way he words it, too. Yeah. And uh, always, like, he's just so modest. And that's that's usually his whole spiel is he's, um he can't handle, you know, people's other undergarments or even talking about that or his narrow urethra. But, yeah. um, you know, he's trying to level with Peggy. You got to have a talking to, to, you know, his niece and she's, uh, kind of need to stay tonight and then get her on her way kind of thing. Yep. And she calls her in there immediately. Peggy's calling Luann. He's like, not in front of me, you know, just all this <laughs> stuff. She cuts him off, comes running in, crying, sobbing. And this sweet, lovely voice that we hear that we're probably used to from the movie Clueless. Yep. And that is Brittany Murphy's voice. And why is why is Luann upset? Um, her mom her mom and I don't know if it was her dad. I don't remember all like the relationship between them, but they they're fighting again in the trailer and uh It went upside down. It went upside down, that's right. <laughs> so they were fighting over a quarter beer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he hit he hits her mom and all this stuff. The trailer goes upside down. Everything's like a mess. And, you know, That's right. Yeah. So what what's gonna happen is that you're gonna call the cops and what what's gonna happen to their her parents? Um, isn't the dad going back to jail? because uh, he's got like a warrant or something. Yeah, he's I on probation know. or something. Probation. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're gonna end up on some kind of TV show. Yeah. Um. I can't remember if it was Jerry Springer or it was one of these TV shows. Like, that's one of the few quotes I didn't grab. Yeah, the Highway Patrol show or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. Real stories of the Highway Patrol. Yeah, real stories of the Highway <laughs> that's Patrol. What it was. Which was actually a real series that was Yeah, out it was at a real time. TV show. Yeah, and there were shows like that. And the most famous one was actually on Fox, the longest running, called Cops. Cops. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? That's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs> I yeah. really did enjoy the show Live PD for a while too, but they they got you know, kind of canceled there. 
Dude, to a guy. I was surprised it wasn't canceled like the first five episodes because somebody you mean when died they shot on somebody? Yeah. yeah, that happened in Columbia, South Carolina, which is an hour away from where I live. So that's yeah. an, it's incredible that that even happened. Like fifty percent of that show was like the counties that surround me. Yeah, like, and and near where I live. Yeah, there's Clay County, <laughs> Pasco County, Baker County, Richland Union County. County, like all these like Florida counties that surround right where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So cops, cops was probably the most famous one out of out yeah. of all those cop shows. It was literally called Cops. Yep. But uh, Louie parents was going to end up on the TV. So, <clears throat> and it was all going to happen in a very terminal week of her be- becoming a beautician. Yeah. Out of all She's- things. Yeah, and, and, and her first week of beauty school was just ruined. And Hank's like not dealing with a female crying in front of him. He's just he can't deal with it. Yeah. And he was like. You know what? Like you can you get can started. <laughs> yeah, you can stay here. You could use my tools, and just basically gives her a place to stay, which is actually like his den and everything. So he has to forfeit yeah. one of his rooms. Yep. You know, so good old hearted Hank Hill, and we're seeing his uh, wholehearted side here come out. Yeah. And right after this happens, though, who knocks on their front door? Oh God. <laughs> Twig boy. Again, yep. so he has an ultimatum for Bobby, and what's happening here? He's like, uh, "Come on, Bobby, I can put you in with a nice foster family in North Arlen where you can develop healthy life adaptations, and and they've got a pool." Oh my God, a pool! And Bobby's not having. It. He's like, "I don't care about the pool." Oh, I love Hank's response though. Hey, we can give him Luann. Here's a yeah. girl right here you can take right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's literally trying to dump off his first problem like on this dude's doorstep too. <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's kind of the comic relief. Of, you know, this dude's like in panic mode, full panic mode. They're gonna take custody of you, Bobby, or whatever. Yep. And you know, he's getting uh, basically shoved off from uh, Hank that he's about to literally lose a boot up his rear end. Yeah. And Hank guess chases who? Him out. He chases him out, and this is the first time we see one of my favorite characters. that's really unspoken, and that's Ladybird. Oh yeah. Yeah, so like this dude kicks a dent in the side of this dude's little meat, uh, his Neo Geo. Metro, his <laughs> Geo Metro, you know, and you see him speeding off, and you see Ladybird ready to roll, like along with Hank, and Hank's just, you know, uh, infuriated. So, next thing we get is Anthony at the coffee cooler, and this dude uh, consoles him and all this stuff because he had this hair. Uh, horrific episode with Hank Hill and had to yeah. explain it back at the office. This is it white was total collar. redneck city. Yeah, it's total redneck city. And he like gets the latte from the dude and he said thanks a latte, which is like yeah. one of those cooler talk, um, white collar employee kind of speeches. So and then I think his, uh, boss comes in. <laughs> yeah, I think Mike's kind of impugning some of his experience when he was like a physicist um, uh, engineer. And he worked like in a white collar job and had to deal with probably a bunch of these type of employee types. Yeah, I think that's where this guy's a center of, in my, in my opinion, after understanding uh, his his uh, I would say upbringing and professional I can career. See that. Yeah, dude says thanks a latte. What kind of corny saying is that? <laughs> so um, next thing you know, Anthony's boss is trying to give him the rundown. He's trying to he's reporting a summary of why Bobby Hill has to be taken to the state. And so, the boss having his uh, his tenure in the company and experience shine here, and he was like, "Oh, and did you ask the little league coach?" And Anthony's like, "Little league coach." So yeah. this dude has jumped to conclusions, like oh, an yeah. office space, like a mat. <laughs> yeah, like a mat that says "jump to conclusions." Literally, I see what to- you did there. That was nice. That was a nice tie-in. Yeah, another and, great Mike Judge yeah. pro- project. The yellow shirt keeps reminding me of the whole Milton character a little yeah. bit. But this is the opposite of the Milton character. This is kind of the rat in the office. Yeah. This this dude is literally the rat in the office and it just goes on this whole spiel how he jumped to conclusions. Came up with a summary and the state has to take the little boy. And he was like, did you ask the little league coach? He's a great guy and everything. And he was like, oh no, no, no. And this dude's thoroughly embarrassed. You see him turn red in the coloring and the yeah. ca- cartoon and everything. And he's like, <laughs> you know, with this little... Uh, insecure attitude he has and honestly the the boss is busting his balls about well you got to ask the little league coach where did he get the black eye from and was it during practice so it's like 
even though you have that checklist, dude, the guy, the guy with the clipboard did not really go by the checklist. He just went on his own intuition of why he had Correct. to take Bobby Hill. So, uh, guess what the boss does? He has to make a phone call. Yep. Guess so, who answers the phone? Yeah, and and, and, and and sadly, who actually answers the phone at that That's time? That's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs> is Bobby, who's trying to uh, get an understanding of of why, you know, I guess yeah. uh, Hank's, Hank's fussing at him all the time. And I would say... I, I felt like I kind of felt a little bit like Bobby at his age because this is the same time I was watching uh, King of the Hill was uh, my little preteens and into my teens. Uh, I was actually a teenager by the time I was 13 or 14 when this series came out. So I related a lot to Bobby Hill and Bobby was like, why does my dad love me kind of thing? And like by the time he has that thought, the phone rings and yeah. that's that's where he gets his phone call. And the guy's like, hey, we're calling off the investigation. It was found falsified because you know somebody jumping to conclusions and that they've dismissed the case and he's like oh really and basically hangs up the phone cuts to commercial break don't you love those cliffhangers yep. where it's like an aha moment so this is like a you know not a plot twist but uh what's this called um you know i'm not really sure what that what that would be called yeah i think it's a, a leading uh it's more yeah. like a leading plot so this yeah that's probably right yeah, so this leading subplot where Bobby's like, ooh, I can work this to my advantage. You know, they leave you on that cliffhanger, cuts to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Here's Bobby with a stop sign and a drill and a hammer. Yeah. And it's just nailing it. Pop, 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 pop. Hank's like, what in the hell are you doing? You know, kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> and then Bobby gives him this whole spiel. What's this spiel about? About being loud. What's that line again? Oh. Loud is not allowed, Dad. <laughs> and he's coming from a center of anger. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what? We get all these uh this um this whole nice scene of several incidents where Bobby's really playing the system of his parents. And what's what's going on with this uh, is all these different types of pranks. Yeah. So, of course, what's happening is uh, Bobby gets all the fun out of it, and there's a Actually, the music behind this sounds great and wonderful. And this is really a, a part that shines for me in the, the entire thing of uh, King of the Hill is the music and the um, music background is always acoustic or some kind of clean Fenderish Stratocaster or Telecaster all the time. And usually it's a little bit twangy or country fried in a way and they do this whole montage where, you know, he's getting sprayed by the hose at the end and everything. So he's getting, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting pranked to death. So Hank, Hank can't deal with Oh, it. like the garage door one where Hank's doing some of the garage door and then he pushes the button from inside and it opens on him. Yeah. So this is the part we're getting to. And Bobby's like, hey, hey, Joseph, watch this. So Hank's yelling at him. He's trying to fix the garage door. He needs his drill plugged in. Of course, Bobby has to go inside the garage, plugs it in. And what's happening on the other door? As soon as Hank starts to use the drill, drill goes up in the air. And he's yeah. like, what are you doing? So basically, he's yelling at Bobby. And next thing you know, the neighbor, the, the nosy Beckys that were originally at the other end of the episode were yeah. uh, walking by. And he, out of anger and then out of adjustment, he quickly says, put the garage back in the upright factory, factory. position. <laughs> Such a good, that was a great delivery, by the way. And he he had this comeback just to you know he was trying to collect himself while trying to be a firm you yep. know you know trying to play the dad role and everything which I could say is very tough to do as a dad you know yeah and I come from more of a not the anger side but you know I'm trying not to laugh at my kid because I used to do dumb stuff like that yeah and I can't get mad at him but I, you know of course I'm angered at that moment but I'm like you know what that was pretty good they got me. You know, but I have to try not to laugh and I have to be firm. So I could see why Hank was uh, thoroughly uh, over this little piece himself. And, you know, the Bakeys are just steadily watching him. <laughs> and he storms off. Next thing you know, Bobby's uh, disrespecting the picket fence that's going on at the same time. And guess what? The picket fence goes down and the neighbors see through it. And Hank's running, running at the top of his speed. And basically is saying, you know, that he need to respect this fence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, the, and the fence is right to be a fence. <laughs> so, 
So that <laughs> you know, there's like this little montage where Bobby's just giving him the best of them. And, yeah, and um, Peggy starts, comes to uh, find out those of that. Yeah, what is actually going on? <laughs> Yeah, Bobby's making these little noises, like kind of like what Beavis and the Butthead would do, which was kind of the comical sounds to make fun of people while they're yeah. walking. You know, make little squeak noises and duck noises boing, and boing. the boy and all that stuff. So you can see really the Mike Judge factor in some of this. Of course. And uh, Peggy's like, "Why do you do that?" And, he, and he's like, "Honestly, and this is why Bobby just opens up and saying, you know, I don't think my dad loves me because you know he's always mad at me all the time. So you know, it's just it's just kind of a preteen thing, or you're trying to find out if you're you know why your dad's mad all the time. It's probably because dude worked like fifty hours a week trying to put right food on the table kind of thing, and he just needs time to relax. But instead, he's got a honey do list he's got to knock out every single day. So you know." That that's why I would say that Mike Judge really shines on making ordinary people and typecast into this whole episode, and we're seeing this all in the pilot. This is a this is what I call lightning in a bottle. You know that's usually what happens in pilot episodes of every TV series. But yeah, you know you're seeing this character development with these top three characters, and that's that's where this is coming. Where Peggy's finding out Bobby's uh, dissatisfied with the way his dad's showing love to him, which is always a tough love. Because guess who gave him the tough love to begin with? When Peggy comes and asks, why you gotta treat the boy so hard? Hank's like, you know what? That's what happened when my daddy did it the same way to me. Yep. And so you see a little precursor of, you know, Cotton Cotton giving him a hard spill about, you know, basically sucking it up. That is, you know, yeah. both of his shins are blown off. And <laughs> you, don't, you didn't see me crying when the Japanese took my shins in World in WWE 2. Yeah, so classic Cotton. Cotton's yeah. just, you know, uh, and there's a lot of Texans like that. So he's really, you know, yep. shining the Texas through um, Mike Judges on these characters. And this is just that entire character development. So Peggy gives him ultimatum and says, why don't you just tell him that you love him? And, and this is the toughest thing that Hank has to do. Yeah. So, you know, from the plot to the climax, we're talking about the climactic ending here for the pilot episode. And what, do, what does Hank have to do? He has to own up to his actions. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Hank's Hank's uh, basically, you know, giving him a come-to-Jesus moment. But he's getting all choked up. Yeah. And he, he's like, uh, and giving him a runaround. So what's going yeah. on here, Joe? He's like, oh, oh, I love you no matter what you do. Uh, <laughs> let's go eat. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bobby, I, I'm not just a big disappointment to you. Yeah, of course not. And then, you know, how I would say the foreshadowing of, of Bobby making fun of Hank saying, you know, he's my boy and he's all I got. Well, yeah. Hank does the same spiel and actually tells him, you know, you're my boy. You're my boy. Yeah, you're my I'm boy, Blue. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm disappointed by just about everything else in this town, but not you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that speaks highly of a lot of dads. I mean, honestly, what do we do for a living? We're literally trying to take yeah. care of our family. And then um, they start play fighting in the yard. And as they're play fighting, a bus goes by. <laughs> Yeah. And who's on that bus? Oh, yeah, Twig Boy. Twig he's Boy. Like, yeah, did you see that? They hit him. And you see this big old redneck on the bus saying, see what? See what, <laughs> Twig Boy? Yeah, he calls him Twig Boy, too, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you get you get the epic cut, and it's the same as the theme music with the you know the clean Fender-ish tone, which I love, and it says executive producer Greg Daniels. That ends that, I would say, huge segment. And then always what happens, you always get that refreshments intro song yep. play, playing the outro on the credits. And w what happens at the very end of the episode, they always play back like, you know, a favorite saying, but um, I didn't seem to grab that clip. Yeah, I didn't grab one for this episode. Yeah, but uh, I would assume it's not the that's my purse because that. That's my purse! <laughs> I don't know you! It should have been. Yeah, it should have been. But uh, that's that's a wrap on the pilot. So, what do you think about that, Joe? Um, let's 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 do something here. Let's give these episodes like um, an A, B, C, D, F rating, like type things. Oh, like and, a grade scale, like in yeah. School. And this grade scale will be exclusive to King of the Hill. So, just because it's an F doesn't mean it's something you never want to watch again. It's just an F compared to like the other King of the Hill episodes. Oh you know? yeah. Whereas <laughs> A would be like one of the best, most dramatic amazing things you've ever seen 
C would be middle ground average, and F is just like, it's not a great episode, but it's still yeah. King of the Hill. <laughs> well, I'm going to have a bias with this because this, yeah, is, me too, probably. This, is, this is lightning in a bottle, man. A pilot episode does this. But again, Mike had to put out a full first season for Fox to even prove its worth. Yep. So this lightning in the bottle episode, I'm going to have to say it is literally an A. And I'm not yeah. going to say A minus or A plus. I'm going to say this is great A, King of the Hill, character development. Here we go. This is King of the Hill. I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. This is an A episode. Um, I'm sure there'll be an A plus somewhere. Just I want to leave that little bit of wiggle room just because there's some ridiculously episodes. But this is definitely an A. It's such a good start. Yeah, and honestly, we get all of our we get our main characters. We get the four guys in the alley. We get the family dynamic. We get the uh, the B story with Luann. Yep. Uh, found out Bobby's self worth is uh, validated all in the first episode. There's, there's so much in these episodes for such like what, 22 minutes. Yeah, 22 minutes and family value. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah, that's 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 over the top, man. So this was fun. This is a fun first first episode. So the pilot is the lightning in the bottle. We're going to give that a grade A, and as we go along, you know, I think once we uh, get more progressed and kind of find our voice with this podcast, I think we'll have some people we can thank at the end. I knew yeah, that we gave, a few, we gave a few shout-outs already to some of our, our fanfare that's already listening or spying. Either way. Yep. <laughs> and if you want to check out any of uh, Tony or myself's other projects, he runs the Signal Path podcast in the Signal Path group on Facebook. Yep, and and now with the Texas State Boggle Champions, here hosting with Joe, and Joe yeah. is, is, I would say, our main hostess with the mostest, <laughs> with their own little inner circle between the Just Surprise Me podcast and Master of the Cinematic Universe, which is also with some of our favorite hosts as well, like Doug Christ and with Eric Pabone. Who, uh, Pabone's working on some art for us right now. I've, I've got him on the mission. He's going to create a nice you know, show logo for us. Yes, I, and this dude makes amazing artwork, I mean, on a professional level. Um, you guys with the Masters of the Cinematic Universe have a live show coming up. I think that's even next week, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it will be because I'm. We're, I think we're going to release this episode right away. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be this week and coming up definitely and uh you know this was a lot of fun we're gonna have to do another one what do you think joe oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have the we're gonna keep the, keep the train rolling here all right but, uh, but for this episode there's really only one thing left to say <laughs>